Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live from Home. Shabbat Shalom. I'm Sandy Levine. Welcome. This is July 4th weekend, 2020, and we are going to have a great time together. We're going to do some new things, and this is going to be a wonderful time for you and for your family. This morning, Brian and Deanne Rose will welcome us to their home and lead us in Hebrew prayers and worship. And then right after that, we're going to have a time of blessing all the children and their families as well, just like we would do when we're in the sanctuary together at the synagogue. So I want to encourage you to invite your family to worship together this morning with us and then to participate in the time of blessing. And after the time of blessing, we're going to have a minute of greeting each other Yay. where we can say Shabbat Shalom to everyone and greet each other by name. We'll uh, also greet people who are new, who are joining with us and welcoming international guests as well. So we're going to have a minute, and I mean a minute, of fellowship <laughs> together. And then after that time of fellowship together, we will have a word from Rabbi Yuri. And he's going to bring a message to us that, that I think is very useful. Then I'll join back in and then we will uh, have some announcements and some good information for you. We'll receive the offering and then we will continue with one more time of worship. So it's going to be a great morning. I hope that you participate very well, that you join in with us and that you enter into worship. You sing together with your family. You pray when we're praying, you study when we're studying, and you greet when we're greeting. It's going to be really <laughs> great. So um, we're so glad you're here. And from Sandy and me, we can say Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And now let's join the Rose family to live from home. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Shabbat Shalom. Uh, my name is Brian Rose, and I'd like to welcome you to our home. This is my wife, Deanne, at the piano. and my children, Brendan, Audrey, and Alex. And I'd like to invite you to join us off, join us this morning with the Shema. So wherever you are, if you can turn and face, um, for us in the United States, it would be east to face Jerusalem, wherever in the world you're watching from, you can face and join us as well. The Shema. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Baruch Shem Kevod, Malchuto, Leolam Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. And now the Veshamru, the reason why we celebrate Shabbat every week. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Israel. 
as we sing Bless the Name Yeshua. Oh, my. 
Shabbat Shalom, everyone. We are going to do something special this morning. We want to actively encourage you during this time that we're together this morning. We want you to participate with us in a time of blessing. It's been our custom for many, many years to gather the children under the magnificent and very large talit that we have in the synagogue. And then we gather the adults and we pray a blessing over them. And we want you to participate in your home. If you have your talit nearby, if you have family with you, um, take it and gather your family together. And I'm going to try to do something that I've never done before. And so let's see if I can pull this off. Here we go. Actually, I don't know if we do go. Are you able to see the picture that I'm uh, sharing with my, um, from my screen? And if you are, then uh, tell me what you're seeing. You should be able to see the Stone and Dexter House family on the screen, but I don't actually know how I'm doing it. Oh, it's coming up now. So there it is. And you can see Travis and Brian and Kathy and Fran and Marlene and the kids. They're all there under the family talit. And they participated in this way in a time of blessing last week. So I wanted to get that on the screen and let you see a picture of it. It really is wonderful, isn't it, folks? So it's an encouragement for you. If you have a talit to gather your family around you, young and old together. And we want 
to encourage you to bring your family together during worship and bring them together during this time of blessing so that they can really participate in the ways that we love to. And here's the blessing that's on my heart. And I'm gonna take the picture down if I can do that. There we go. So I wanna encourage you because I wanna ask the Lord to bless you with good news. I know that all of us have been facing different kinds of difficulties and challenges. Some have had very, very difficult times with family or with jobs, with finances, with health, with life and death. And I, I want to ask God to pour out his good news upon you. You know that gospel means good news and Bessarah in Hebrew means good news. I want to ask God to give you good news for each member of your family. And I want to ask God to use you to bring good news to other people, others in your family, your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your customers, your clients, your teachers, your students, you name it. I want to ask God right now. So join with me. Gather those who are with you physically uh, close and let me just pray God's blessing. Lord, I thank you that you've called for us to be a blessing and you've called us to bless others. In, in mighty ways. And one of the ways that we can bless is with good news to those who are experiencing difficulty. But I wanna pray for all the mishpocha that's with us today, for everyone that's participating in Live From Home right now, or watching later by video or on YouTube, or listening even in the podcast. I wanna pray, Lord, your blessings of good news. I ask you, Lord, to give good news to each of the children who are with every family and to give each adult and each family member, the young and the old together, to give each person good news and then to give the whole family good news too. Lord, I pray for health. I pray for prosperity. I pray for good relations. I pray for acts of kindness and service one to another, that you would bless each other and that even some that are not normally helpful would be helpful to each other and that this would be a sign of your good news at work. Lord, I thank you that in the midst of all this trouble and all this difficulty, we can turn to you because you are the God who has given us the good news of Messiah Yeshua. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. And now I want to ask you to do one more thing. I want us to take a time, just one minute from now, to take a time of greeting each other. So can you get on your comments? And in, the, in Facebook, if you're live now, you can do this. Or if you're watching later, you can even do it uh, on the video because the comments are still active. But right now, when you greet someone with Shabbat Shalom, greet one or two people or three or four people by name. If there are people you recognize who are new or from out of town or another country, greet them as well, or, or say greetings to the place that they're coming from. Let's have just a moment of greeting, and I want to see if you guys are doing that. I'm gonna watch a little bit and encourage you to do the same. I see Marlene, you're greeting, Shabbat Shalom to Tim, and Ben Davis is greeting, good morning everyone, many, many blessings, and uh, Becky Butler, hello everyone, Shabbat Shalom. 
Shabbat Shalom from Marlene to Becky and Wally and so forth. Everyone who has the Facebook app, why don't you go ahead and make a greeting, one or two greetings. We're going to take just about 30 seconds more for this time of greeting. Shabbat Shalom to Paula Jones from Brian. Hey, those of you who tend to be silent, now's your chance to participate in a wonderful way. In, in just a minute, we're going to welcome Rabbi Yuri and we're going to begin um, our, our studies together. But I want to encourage you, make sure by name you've greeted at least two different people this morning. It's a way of having fellowship together. It's a way of increasing the, the connection that each of us has. It's wonderful to greet someone by name. I want to encourage you to do that as well. I'm going to greet Elizabeth Wrigley and Tracy Abush. Shabbat Shalom, Aaron Jacobs and Kim Jacobs. I'm greeting you, Jonathan Tay. Shabbat Shalom to you. I'm, I'm just looking at the comments as they're rolling along and greeting people. Why don't you all do the same? Shabbat Shalom to Aaron. It's a great thing that we can do. Great way for us to bless each other and to greet each other and to recognize each other. It's like giving a big hug to each other. One more thing I wanna ask you to do and that is, if you have a talit and you can take a picture of you and your family together with like the Stone and Dexter House family did uh, last week. If you could take a picture of your family together under your talit and send it to me, I'll share that with the mishpocha and we can use this as a way of encouraging each other to worship together, to bless each other, and to come close during this time where even though we have to social distance and even though we have to keep sometimes physically far away, we can have a way of sharing uh, our fellowship and presence together. So please send me your pictures. And yes, folks, I know there's at least some of you who are saying, well, what if it's uh, us and our dog or us and our cat? Yeah, that will work too. We like pets here at Live From Home in Beth Israel. So we'll, we'll take those pictures too. That would be wonderful as well. Well, thank you so much for participating in this time of greeting. It's wonderful to have fellowship together. And now we are going to change direction to the study of the word. So I want you to stop greeting each other if you can do that. And you can now turn your attention to Rabbi Yuri. Let's give a warm welcome to Rabbi Yuri as Rabbi Yuri brings the word of God to us and studies the scriptures with us. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Yuri. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi David. Thank you so much. Shabbat Shalom, Mishpacha, and welcome into our home. So good to see everyone. Shalom, Shalom, everyone. Today, I want to talk about God's love and the right attitude in our hearts. So I want to invite you to open scriptures with me and to study the Bible, to go through, through the scriptures with me together. It's a wonderful journey. It's a beautiful time, beautiful morning to study the scriptures. So let's begin together. How important it is for us to have wisdom and watch over our hearts. Uh, I believe it's important to be able to maintain attitude of love and not hatred, forgiveness and not judgment. The Lord called us into his love. 
and his main calling to us we know to love the lord and also is to love our neighbors it is so easy to become a skeptic to judge to fight others and it takes a lot of strength and faith to love and to show mercy to our enemies and not only to our enemies but also to people who are around us so i want to read from um numbers chapter 20 one of the interesting stories in the scriptures about right attitude right heart and also about mercy of the lord so let's read numbers chapter 20 verse 2 to verse 6 to 13. let's read together numbers 20 6 13. so moses and aaron went from before the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces then the glory of adonai appeared to them and we know the beginning of this story once again people of israel uh, rebelled against the lord they want to have water and instead of going to the lord with request with prayers they went to moses with uh, with re rebel with wrong spirit so, and Moses and Aaron went into before the assembly to the entrance of the tent and start praying. Then the glory of Adonai appeared to them. And verse 7, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, Take the staff and gather the assembly, you and your brother Aaron. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will give out its water. You will bring out water from the rock and you will give the community something to drink along with their livestock. It's a miracle. And let's read carefully here. It says here, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. It's the most important part. Verse 9. So Moses took the staff from before the presence of Adonai, just as he had commanded him. Verse 10. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly in front of the rock. He said, listen now, you rebels. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with the staff. Water gushed out and the community of its and its livestock drink, drank. But Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me so as to esteem me as holy in the eyes of Bnei Israel. Therefore, you will not bring this assembly into the land that I have given to them. These are the waters of Meribah, where Bnei Israel contented with Moses, and where Adonai showed himself holy among them. So this is a very difficult story which many people misunderstand completely misunderstand and we need to know uh, all pictures so we can understand what's happened there so Moses was irritated by the people and he was in anger and judged the people of Israel this was one of the most difficult moments in his life because he took everything personal he started to defend himself and act in his own anger in his own feelings so moses who was faithful to the lord in all things committed the sin 
before the nation of Israel at a very inappropriate time. And because of this, he did not enter the promised land. It was tragedy for his life. So to understand what happened here and why the Lord was angry at Moses and Aaron, let's look into the Brita Hadasha, into the New Testament, and let's understand the whole picture from the scriptures. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2 through 4. So 1 Corinthians 10, 2 through 4. They all were immersed into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Messiah. Once again, drinking from a spiritual rock that followed them, the rock was Messiah. The rock is Yeshua. And we know that one of the names of the Lord is the rock of salvation, rock of our salvation. So what a beautiful and important picture here, prophetic picture. The people of Israel were weary and thirsty. They were in a difficult condition, wounded and rebelled against the Lord. And the Lord brought them to the rock of their salvation. It was not a small fountain. It was a river of living water, enough water to quench the thirst of millions of people. So what they prophetically drank, they drink living water from the rock of salvation, the prophetic picture of the Holy Spirit. So the old picture, this rock was to become a place of mercy, not the place of anger. The Lord wanted to show mercy to his people, despite all what had happened, despite their rebellion and unfaithfulness. He wanted to fulfill their thirst and heal their wounds. It was the time of healing, time of mercy. It was not a time of judgment. The Lord told Moses to speak to the rock before their eyes. He wished the people to witness his mercy and his forgiveness. It was a time of miracle. It was a time of mercy. It was a time of love towards the people of Israel. And we know the story. Instead, Moses shouted angrily at the people. He called them rebels and then struck the rock in his anger, not once, but twice, two times. This place is supposed to be a picture of the heart of God to all of us, of his eternal love, an internal plan of salvation. I want to speak to all of us today. Even despite of our failures and sins, despite the defeats due to our disobedience and sin, our Heavenly Father is ready to show His great mercy to us today. Many times when we think about God's holiness, we think about His judgment. But the most obvious way how the Lord shows his holiness and how he wants to show his holiness, he wants to show his holiness through his mercy and his forgiveness. He is the Holy Lord. This is why he loves us so much. To understand how the Lord looked, looks at us, I want to read from the second 
part of today's Torah portion, Balak. And uh, let's read Numbers chapter 24 from verse 2. And this is a beautiful picture. Actually, let's remember, Balaam was a false prophet. He was the enemy of Israel. And he tried to curse Israel and the Lord rebuked him. He filled him with his spirit and he gave him the word for the Israel. Beautiful and prophetic word for Israel. So it's in Numbers chapter 24, verse 2. Lifting up his eyes, Balaam saw Israel dwelling by tribes. The Ruach Elohim came over him. And verse 5. And think about it. This is the enemy of Israel. But he reveals the heart of God to Israel, towards Israel. Verse 5. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, and your dwellings, O Israel. Like valleys, they are spread out. Like gardens beside a river. Like aloes planted by Adonai. Like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from his buckets. His seed by abundant water. The king will be greater than Agag. His kingdom will be exalted. God is bringing him out of Egypt. Like the strong horns of a wild ox. He devours nations hostile to him. He will crush their bones. His arrows will pierce them. He crunches like a lion or a lioness. Who would roast him? He who blesses you will be blessed. And he who curses you will be cursed. What a wonderful picture here. We can see in this place of scripture that despite all their problems, all problems of Israel and the rebel and unfaithfulness of the people of Israel, because nothing had changed in their lives yet, in their hearts yet, they still were rebel and had many problems in their midst. But despite all that, the Lord looks at them from the heart full of love and compassion and faith. I believe this is the prophecy about Messianic era because we all know how many problems our people went through. So I believe it was a prophetic direction for Israel, future plan, and also the heart of the Lord to all of them and to all of us. You know, when I read this place, it's like, like for me, it's like a picture of the parents who are going through rough time with difficult child. But they all love their child, work with him, and believe in his bright future, in his future. Yeah, we believe in the Lord. We trust him in him. And you know what? He trusts us. He loves us and thinks the best about us. So today, if you're battling with sin and some problems in your life, if you're making mistakes and afraid that the Lord is, has turned from you. Please remember this prophecy from Balaam. False prophet who were filled with the spirit of the Lord at that moment. And who brought revelation from the father's heart about Israel. 
please remember you are beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. You are so special and so loved by him. He's always for you. His heart always for you. Please allow this truth fill your heart with love and you will experience new freedom and new strength in the Lord, in God. In the end, I want to share one more important detail here. And uh, thanks to Brian Stone who helped me to see this in the scriptures. If we look ahead, uh, we discover that the Lord by his grace gave Moses a second chance. Moses was not able to enter in the promised land the first time, but much later, he did have the opportunity to walk in the land of Israel in much more glory. And he had the privilege to meet the Messiah there and to bring the comfort to him. It's in Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And we all know this place in the scriptures. This is mountain of transformation. Luke 9, verse 28. About eight days after these teachings, Yeshua took Peter, John, and Yaakov with him and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing flashed like white line, lean, uh, linen. And behold, two men were talking with him. And who were these men? It was Moses and Elijah in the promised land, land of Israel. Appearing in glory, they were speaking of Yeshua's depar departure, which was about to take place in Jerusalem. They were talking about his death, about his sacrifice, about difficulties he, he needed to go through. So can you imagine, Moses had a privilege to walk in the land of Israel, but not only walk there, but he was so privileged to come and to minister to the Lord Yeshua on that very difficult moment in his life. Can you imagine? The same Yeshua who ministered so many times to Moses while Moses was in, in his time. Yeshua who stood with Moses on the Sinai when he received the stone tablets with Ten Commandments. The same Yeshua who saved Moses in the presence of the Father when the glory of the Lord passed by. And if you remember this place, uh, Moses was covered by Yeshua's hand. The same Yeshua now received ministry from Moses on his mountain. When I think about this, my heart fills with joy and excitement. It's like friend came to ministry to his friend. The Lord Yeshua willingly received help and support from his friends, Moses and Elijah. What a beautiful picture here. In the end, I want to conclude with one important idea. We need to be careful in our choices and understand that every step has impact in our lives. So we are called to hear the final words from our beloved Lord. And we all aim to this moment. We are going, we are praying, we are fasting because we want to see the Lord. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, this is the final words I want to hear from my Lord. I want to hear from him in the end of my days. 
Matthew 25, verse 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little, so I'll put you in charge of much. Enter into your master's joy. Thank you so much. Let's welcome Rabbi David. Rabbi David. Rabbi Yuri, thank you so much for that message. I love the, the emphasis that you have on the mercy of God and not the anger of God. God wanting to show forgiveness and compassion and reconciliation to us. And how important it is for us to read the scriptures with this in mind so that we can see for ourselves God's attitude. When we see it, so clearly in the scriptures, it not only helps us have a right relationship with God, but I believe it also helps us be useful to other people so that they too can have a right relationship with God. I've been thinking about how we love to gather on Shabbat and study the scriptures together. And it's because the scriptures are in fact the word of God and they have power and authority in our lives. There's, there's a passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that puts it this way. For the word of God is alive and active. It's alive. That means it's full of life. And it also means it speaks life to us. And the word of God is active. It connects with our activities too, with our actions and all the things we're actively involved in. The scriptures are relevant to us. Even the Torah portion, Haftor portion, the Brita Chadashah, which follow set patterns. And then we, we choose and select from those uh, greater readings. We choose points of emphasis. Even those set patterns of readings are active and alive as well. And they can be so useful to us. That's why we encourage you to always be reading with us according to the scriptures that we have set up uh, and we're following so that you can participate. Read in advance so that you come full and your mind is already focused. You're thinking about the details. You're pondering questions. The Holy Spirit's been stirring things in you as well. I want to share some thoughts about the scripture readings today that I hope will confirm and even strengthen your confidence in the scriptures. And I want you to think about this. The Bible is not religious propaganda. That's worth putting in the comment section. The Bible is not religious propaganda. It's a revelation of the will of God and the ways of God, the heart of God, and God's perspective about human life and our lives personally. Unlike religious propaganda, the Bible shares truths in an honest and forthright manner. And this week we're reading from a double portion of scriptures from Parshat Chukat and Parshat Balak. And the first one, as Rabbi Yuri was referencing earlier, tells us about Moses and how he had a moment where he gave in to anger and irritation, and he lost the focus on God's holiness, his mercy, and his forgiveness. He struck the rock twice instead of speaking to the rock, and instead of causing Israel to see God as holy and to be humbled before God and wanting to repent and draw close to the Lord, there was just separation. And 
it, it was a time of trouble and there were consequences even for Moses. In, in the second portion, we read about Balaam, or as we say in the South, Balaam. And he is no doubt the, the prototypical false prophet in the Bible. But we see how Balaam, the false prophet, prophesies with insight and with the Spirit of God about Israel. Balaam, who is a bad prophet, does something good. Moses, who is a good prophet and a good leader, does something bad. And there's a subtle but very important message in all of this that, that helps us rely upon the scriptures. You see, if it was just propaganda, we would never see an enemy of Israel doing something good, nor would we see a hero of Israel doing something bad. Propaganda strips all that away. It romanticizes and distorts and makes our side always look better than we really are and makes the other side always look worse than they really are. So the prophet Balaam sees Israel and has insight about Israel and begins to prophesy over Israel with words that are now included in the Jewish prayer book, the Siddur, Matovu, O Halecha Yaakov, Mishkanotecha, Yisrael. How, how lovely are your tents, O Jacob, how goodly, as the translation I grew up with says, how goodly are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. It was a moment of praise, of insight, of clarity that Bilam, the false prophet, had. And it shows us something, that God will show mercy even to those who are turned away from him. And he will also bring discipline to those who are following him closely. Yes, God loves us like a father, so he disciplines us, he trains us, but he also loves with great generosity to those who are estranged from him, from those who are far away, from those who are even in rebellion. He was trying to show love to Israel through Moses, and he was trying to show mercy to Israel through Balaam. It's important for you and me to get a hold of this, that, that we wanna learn from this truth of scripture about our own perspective. It's important for us not to dismiss other people simply because they disagree with us or because they have an opposing viewpoint or even because they're our enemies. They may have something that's right or something that's good as well. Now, just to be careful about Balaam, I'm not saying Balaam is a good prophet. He's not a good prophet. Should you, should you trust him like he's a great prophet of God? Absolutely not. He's a false prophet. The scriptures are very clear about that. He wants to curse Israel and he works to curse Israel, but there's a moment of mercy where he gets something right. But don't misunderstand this. Balaam is a false prophet. He's a false prophet because he's not humble before God, and he doesn't desire what God desires. He doesn't hate what God hates and love what God loves. He hasn't allowed the ways of God and the heart of God to really influence him. He's allowed the Spirit of God at moments to influence him or give insight to him. But as the scriptures in this week's readings tell us, 
Balaam uses divination, sorcery. He uses occult practices in order to curse Israel. And he doesn't stop even after he has been inspired to see Israel the way God sees Israel. He continues to work. And as we read in the weeks to come, and those of you who are familiar with the story already know that Balaam comes up with a plan about how to seduce the men of Israel into worshiping false gods using the sexual enticement of women from Moab. It's a tragic story, but it's, it proves to us that Balaam is a false prophet. He's a false prophet, and yet he had something right. Moses is a hero. He's the favorite son of traditional Judaism. He's the lawgiver. He's the one who led Israel out of slavery. He is the one who, who functioned as God's representative and leader for the children of Israel through that whole time in the wilderness as they left Egypt and headed towards the promised land. He is the one to whom Torah was revealed and to whom Messiah was revealed. However, he wasn't perfect. In fact, none of us is perfect. I'm not perfect, you know that. You're not perfect, you know that. And for those of you who are perfectionists, I know this is hard to accept, but you're not perfect and you can't be perfect. It's good to aim towards high standards and ideals, but understand this, we're always a work in progress. We're always in need of mercy and we need mercy. So the one who shows mercy to others will receive mercy. Does that mean we shouldn't distinguish between what is good and what is not good? No, we should make those distinctions. Should we just accept everyone's point of view and say there's no truth? It's just truth for you, it's truth for me, but there is no absolute truth. No, that's not correct because God himself is absolute truth. And what does the scripture say about Yeshua? He is the way, the truth, and the life. So yes, there is truth. It's important for us to understand that. It's also important for us to use the truth of the scriptures and these generous perspectives about people. So we're not dismissing those who are against us and we're not romanticizing those who are with us, but to use these perspectives about truth and reality in order to interact with the thoughts and, and the actions of people all around us. Some of our friends don't get everything right and some of our enemies don't get everything wrong, but we should be able to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. And if we can do that fairly with a generous and charitable attitude, as God uses to us, we could use the same measure to others. I can tell you this will be more useful. We'll be able to connect with more kinds of people. And if you're interested in helping other people have a better life, you will be able to influence people in that direction if you're not dismissing people so quickly or defending yourself against those who just disagree with you or acting like your side is perfect and always right. In the Haftor portion this week, we read about how the prophet Micah distills three commandments into an essence of how we could live with the Lord. And I think these are very useful. They're useful as well as the, the golden rule to love your neighbors yourself and to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
as, as we shared last week. But this is another take on a distillation of the essence of what's required of us because sometimes we need to really get focused and that's what the prophet Micah does. He focuses on three commandments and he focuses on two aspects and I want to concentrate on this, good and required. So let's read Micah 6 verse 8. He has shown you, O man, he has shown you, O woman, what is good. Do you see that? What is good? And what does the Lord require of you? So what is good and what is required? But two, these are the three things, to act justly, to have mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly, to do justice, to be someone who is performing justice and causing justice to increase, to love mercy, to cherish, mercy, to keep mercy in your heart at all times, and to allow the mercy of God through you to triumph over judgment. And third, to walk humbly with your God, to walk in humility before God. But interestingly, look at this, your God. It's not enough to just know that there is a God. It's important to make the God that you know exists, to make him your Lord, to walk humbly before him as your God. Adonai Eloheinu, the Lord, our God. When each of us can say, Lord, you are the Lord, you are my Lord. You can command me, you can assign me, you can, you can tell me what is good, and you can tell me what is required. And then when we take that to heart and we put that into practice, you know what? We are doing then the things that are good and the things that are required. So I want, I want you to remember this so that we can approach this broken world all around us with a helpful and positive approach. Last night I asked you, uh, those who were joining us for live from home, and I want to do it again this morning. I want you to just affirm this. We know the world is broken. Isn't that right? You can write that in the comment section. This world is broken. The world is broken. We know that. It needs heal healing. It needs help. The world is broken and needs help and healing. Let's affirm that. We know it's broken. And since it's broken, what's our attitude? To fully reject the world? Well, that wouldn't be right because God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Yeshua. God so loved the world. It's not just in the past tense. He continues to love this world. He is looking for good. He wants to restore this world. And he knows that the key to restoration is that we individually, we as families, we as communities would turn away from everything that separates us from God. And we would turn to God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. And we would start loving him in a way that changes who we are and changes how we relate to other people. He knows that, that we need a sacrifice to cover our sins, that our sins are so vast and so significant and so integrated into our persona, persona, to our very being, that we need a sacrifice 
to atone for our sins that's bigger than the sacrifice we could provide for ourselves. And this is why Yeshua came to be our sacrifice. It's why his sacrifice is still important today. His sacrifice atoned for our sins. When we recognize our sins, we don't just say, I'm sorry, but we say, thank you, Lord, that you have provided an atoning sacrifice that removes the stain of sin and the penalty of sin for me. Thank you, Lord, that the penalty that I deserved has been paid for already, that your mercy has triumphed over your justice because Yeshua paid the price for me and he gave up his life for me so that I could have life with you. And he was resurrected from the dead to demonstrate the victory of God over the power of sin and the power of death in this world and over me. When we know that, you know what? We can approach this broken world with an attitude of help and healing, not irritation and anger, not frustration. We can know that there's so much difficulty all around us and people are experiencing tragedy and sorrow even in these days and in these hours. And we can know something, that we have been called to bring good news to those who are in real trouble. Let's not get so frustrated that we forget our calling. We're called to bring good news to people all around us, to comfort them with the comfort that God has shown us during our difficulties. There are times when you have suffered and the Lord has brought you through that and he has healed your broken heart and that healed broken heart can minister comfort to someone who is right in the middle. You know things aren't instantaneous, they take time you know that there's a process and there's iteration. It may require healing after moments of healing and, and times of healing and even later healing. You know though that God brings full healing. I wanna ask you to turn now to Luke chapter four, verse 17. This is a passage that really touched Sandy this week and in recent days. It, it stirred her quite a bit and she took time this week to, to read it to me, to put it on her heart. And as I was listening, I thought, I wanna share this with you too. So she blessed me, I wanna bless you with what she shared. It's from Luke chapter four, verse 17 through 20. And I'm going to give you an amplified translation, a personal translation that makes some of the pronouns clear and some of the missing details. Uh, perfectly obvious. Verse 17, during the Shabbat service, the parchment scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Yeshua. Unrolling it, Yeshua found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim salvation and deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 20, then Yeshua rolled up the scroll. He returned it to the Gabai, to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he started to speak with these words. Today, the scripture, is brought into fullness in your hearing. I asked Sandy what touched her about this, and she said, it's the details. There's good news for the poor. There's healing for the brokenhearted. 
We're called to proclaim liberty to captives. There's recovery of sight for the blind, liberty for the oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to announce the year of the Lord's favor. This is the calling that Yeshua said was, was brought into fullness in their presence and in their hearing as he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied about the one who would come with this mandate. And then Yeshua came and he was the one who brought into fullness. That's what fulfillment means, to bring into fullness not to bring to an end, but to bring into fullness what the prophet Isaiah had seen and understood and had written. In the days to come, as you're going through these troubled times that we're in, I want you to keep in mind the mandate of Messiah, the calling of Messiah, because it's our calling too. Let's not allow frustration or offense or anger or difficulty to stop us. Let's keep that attitude of mercy that Rabbi Yuri was talking about this morning, that attitude that helps us receive forgiveness and show forgiveness to others. Let's keep that in our hearts and in our minds. Kadima, that's a Hebrew word that we're very fond of. K-A-D-I-M-A is how you would transliterate it into English. Some of you might wanna write that in the comments right now. Kadima, it's one of our favorite words. It means forward or charge. Kadima, let's say that together. Kadima, if you're with someone right now, turn to them and say, Kadima, Kadima, forward. We move forward and we move forward together. That's our goal, that's our plan. That's what it means to be a community of faith. It's what it means to be mishpocha, to be family. It's what it means to be part of the body of Messiah and part of Kalal Yisrael, the great, great extended community of Israel. We move forward, we move together, we move forward in a way that causes others to regard God as holy as merciful, as compassionate and loving. Let's spread a pandemic of blessing all around us. I'm in favor of that. There's, there's another kind of pandemic going on and there's, there's so much trouble. There's economic difficulty, you name it. There's a lot of trouble. But I wanna encourage you, as you encourage me, let's spread a pandemic of blessing all around us. Let's be a blessing to people all around us. Let's multiply blessing all around us. If God pours out blessing on you, good news on you, tell others about it. Let me know. I love to hear the reports that you have of God's blessing because it encourages me. Sandy and I love to celebrate with you and rejoice with you when you have victory, when there's prosperity, when there's healing, when there's blessing, when there's provision, when there's good news in your life. We weep with you during your times of sorrow and we rejoice with you during your times of gladness. Feel free to share with us about the good news that God gives to you. I wanna encourage you to be a man or a woman who really does bring good news to others and multiplies the blessings of God all around you. I wanna encourage you also to have a tender heart so that you can be one who comforts others during their times of distress. 
Right now, we want to be a comfort to Florence Woods and to her family. Her beloved husband, the love of her life, Willie, passed away. And we are so sorry for this great loss. And our hearts go out. I'm going to ask you, would you take a moment right now in the comment section? And would you speak a word of prayer and a word of comfort for Florence and for her family, for their children and for their grandchildren? We, do you ask the Lord to pour out his mercy and his comfort as well? I am going to um, share with you. Let me see if I can pull up what I need to right now. I want to give you some details about the, um, the funeral. Um, there will be a, a viewing on Thursday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And then a homegoing service will be Friday at um, 10 a.m. at Holmes Glover Funeral Home. And we'll post this at the Beth Israel website. I want all of you to know about this. Some of you will be able to attend. Uh, some would wish you could attend, but because of um, other obligations or because of quarantine or other protocols, you're not able to attend. But you know what? Each one of us can reach out and share a word of comfort to Florence and to her family. So you can participate in that even right now and in the days ahead. Let's pray for Florence. Lord, we ask that you would pour out your comfort during this time of mourning and that you would cause, you would cause Florence to experience your comfort and your peace even during this time of sadness. We pray for the family, that the whole family could, could show kindness and compassion one to another, that your peace would inhabit their conversation and the words that they use, that they could speak tenderly to each other. Let them weep together and find comfort together. Let them experience mourning together, but closeness without despair, without the kind of hopelessness, knowing that Willie is in your hands and that you are the one who is faithful to raise the dead. You are the good and compassionate and the righteous judge. And we love you, Lord. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. We want to also continue our prayers for Rand Garver as he is recovering from retina surgery. He had a partially detached retina and he had surgery this week that was successful without complication so far. But it does require that he keep his face down for five days as part of the healing and recovery process, that is quite uh, boring to do, <laughs> to just um, be in that position. So pray for him, pray for Rand, that he'll be able to fulfill everything necessary for full healing and recovery. And we're rejoicing that he had a successful surgery. We also wanna pray for uh, two, two guys in the congregation, Steve Mowry, who's dear to to all of us, he was robbed at knife point this week. His wallet was stolen. He lost some cash and it was just a bad experience. We want to pray for the peace of God to cover his heart and his mind. We want to pray as well for the man that that robbed him, that the spirit of God would convict him, that his heart would be convicted and that he would repent 
and we pray as well. Lord, we lift up Steve and we pray for recovery of everything that was stolen. We pray for peace to be upon him. And we pray as well, Lord, that he would recover even seven times what the enemy tried to steal. We also wanna pray for Manuel Perez, Manuel and Maria, um, are dear to the congregation and Manuel's workshop was broken into, his mower was stolen. And we wanna pray now for recovery of that mower and for restoration, we wanna pray for protection as well in the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, I wanna turn to the topic of in-person gatherings, which we have been working on for some time. And I want to let you know that we have been working carefully and quite deliberately on the plans for in-person gatherings at the synagogue. And there are a lot of pieces to that puzzle to get things right. And the disinfecting process, the protocols we need to follow, the training and organizing of the team, the communication that we need to have. So we've been working hard. We have a great team that's been working on this for quite some time, getting all sorts of different viewpoints and perspectives and considering all different kinds of things that we could do. And we've sorted things out and now we're organizing the ministry teams, putting together all the systems and the RSVP system for seating indoors so that families can sit together, but we can have social distancing as well. We will have limited seating during each event. And that means we need an RSVP system, but we also wanna make sure that we have a fair rotation so everybody who wants to participate can uh, have a fair share of opportunities to attend. We want to protect everyone who participates from community spread of the coronavirus. We want to make sure that it's a safe space for everyone who participates. I want to let you know if you are a member, if you're in the membership process, if you're part of the Beth Israel Mishpocha, we will be communicating with you by email in the days ahead and also by postal mail. And we're gonna let you know a lot of details about our plans and how you can participate. In-person attendance will be by invitation, so you'll be hearing from us soon. And I wanna thank you for your continued prayers, for your support, for your goodwill. We're looking forward to making progress. And even while Florida has accelerated uh, incidence and even frequency of positive tests of coronavirus, we believe that we can take uh, careful steps that will protect our community from community spread when we're together. And even so, every one of us needs to take personal responsibility to do the very best things that we can so that you and I are protected and safeguarded. We need to be wise. We need to follow the guidance that we're being given by the mayor by the different government officials, by the CDC, by our governor here, by the, the White House task force and so forth. And we're incorporating all of that. We're, we're distilling it so that we can do the most important things together to assure health and well-being. But we need you to take that responsibility too. And each one of us needs to be responsible. Be careful out there. As, as we like to say, be careful, uh, don't, don't overdo it this holiday weekend. That's the plea of the governor and the vice president who were in Tampa this week speaking to Florida. And I wanna just add my voice to that. 
Don't overdo it. Don't be with a bunch of strangers. Don't be too close. Be careful out there. Well, I want to thank everyone who has been financially supporting Beth Israel and everyone who has continued to um, be faithful with your tithing and with your offerings as well and with your sacrificial giving. Thank you so much. It makes such a difference for us. It enables us to meet all of our obligations and as well to do what's necessary. We will have some additional um, expenses that are above and beyond our budget and we'll need extra help with that and they will be necessary in order to have a regular high quality safe uh, disinfecting process during this season when we do regather and we still have to deal with coronavirus issues as well we'll continue to have JSO presence at our regatherings because it's important for us during these tumultuous times to have extra safety. We want to take those two precautions. They do require um, contributions above and beyond, offerings above and beyond our budget. So I want to ask you to set aside money for that so that each of us can make a difference and each of us can contribute to these additional costs in the future. We're grateful for your generosity. We're grateful for your cheerfulness, for your good attitude as well, for your patience and for your love. And those of you that want to participate by supporting Beth Israel, by supporting Live From Home and Messianic Jewish teachings, all the things that we're doing together, both in the congregation and through the congregation and with the congregation, not only for the congregation, but for the whole world, you can go to BethIsraelNow.com giving and you'll find all the instructions about how you can use Giving Fire and or PayPal, our two giving platforms, online giving platforms that are very easy to use and very safe, very secure. We've had no problems whatsoever with them. And you can use those. You can also find our address if you want to send checks through the mail. And you can also use your bank's um, bill pay service as well. You just can't send cash to us. And I can tell you that when we are meeting together, we will not be receiving offerings by passing a basket. We will have uh, we will have a way that you can drop a check or even cash in an envelope into a slotted box that we have, but it will be set aside for three days and then it will be unpacked after being in a secure place. So we're, we're covering lots of details as we're getting ready. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for being cheerful. It really does make a difference for all of us. Well, it's always been our habit that we like to close with Aaron's blessing. And we're going to do that. And Sandy's joining me again. I'm always glad when you're here. We even thought about um, standing up at one point like we do in the synagogue. But if we do, you'll just see the bottom half of us and not our faces. So we're going to smile. And I always like to kiss my wife. Mm, not only is she beautiful, she's the love of my life. And she is beautiful. But she's beautiful on the inside. She's a real woman of God. And she's working behind the scenes all the time on your behalf. Standing in the gap, praying, seeking the Lord, using her decades of experience and wisdom in order to help us make the very best decisions we can in leading the congregation, in caring for the congregation, and expanding the ministry of this congregation. So honey, I love you. And I'm so glad you're sitting here with me. 
Um, We're going to close with Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. And then we will return to the Rose family for a final worship song. So gather your family and those who are with you today and who have been worshiping with you today. Gather them close and, and let's pray. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Shalom. Shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Now let's return to the Rose family for our final worship song.
We're so blessed. Lord, thank you so much. joining us this morning for Live from Home from Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue. God bless each and every one of you, and um, thank you again. Have a wonderful rest of your Shabbat, and we'll see you next time.